appreciate the Lord allowing us the privilege to come and giving us health and strength to be able to gather out uh, in the congregation together. I know there are some who are not here. Uh, some are traveling and uh, other things, but I'm glad that you're here and to thank the Lord for it. It's already been said. I appreciate uh, the service on Thursday and uh, the preaching of the Word of God and the presence of the Lord and uh, helping my heart. I'm glad the Lord knew what I needed. And if it wasn't for anybody else's, for me, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm glad the Lord, I can't help but continue to think about Sunday, last Sunday, when we were together, things that were said about the Lord are working on us. I'm glad the Lord's still working on me. And uh, I sure ain't what I need to be, and I'll admit that. I've been uh, come face to face this week with my failures and my faults and my insufficiency. and uh, But I'm glad the Lord's faithful. In the midst of my faults and failures, I'm glad the writer said, stand by me. And I'm glad he will. And I'm grateful for that. And uh, I've prayed and asked the Lord about the service this morning and thought I would preach something else. And uh, then about 3 o'clock this morning, the Lord woke me up. And uh, as clear as day, put this on my heart, and I don't know what all I'm going to say, and it's going to be a little different, at least it was for me, the thought the Lord put on my heart, but I think it's very needful in our day, in my life, and your life, and I trust that the Lord will help us together. And I've been a little torn, I'm very clear about what I'm supposed to preach, but I've been a little torn, I don't know if this makes any sense, about what scripture to read, it's recorded in all four of the Gospels. And uh, so I think I'll read this morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 22. If you have a copy of the Word of God, Luke chapter 22. And uh, as I've said already, it's recorded in all four of the Gospels. Luke and John probably record more vividly than any other of the writers of the Gospels. And I'll probably reference at least three of the four this morning, but I want to read from the Gospel of Luke and uh, take our text from there and try my best to give you what's on my heart for the service this morning. Luke 22, when you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor the reading of the Word of God. Now, we all know uh, what's taken place at this point brought us up to this place. The Lord has... Uh, had that that we call the Last Supper with His disciples. As they sit together, He says that one of them will betray Him. Of course, He knew from the beginning who it would be. And Judas Iscariot was, the Scriptures say, a devil from the beginning. But then the Bible said that the devil entered into Judas, and he went out, and the Lord told him to go out and do what he did quickly. Of course, he coveted with the high priest, the religious leaders, for 30 pieces of silver to betray the Lord into their hands. And they have went, the Lord and the disciples have went to the garden. They have been left behind to watch and pray, and he's went farther and prayed to his father that if it be possible, let this cut pass, but nevertheless, not as he will, but as the Father will. And now they come, he comes to them again the third time, and they're asleep, and 
The Bible said while he speaks in verse 47, a multitude comes with Judas to betray the Lord and they give him and arrest him, take him. And I want to pick up reading in verse number 54. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. And a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. He denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I know I am not. And about the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out, and wept bitterly. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I thought about Peter, and Peter's on my heart this morning. We're hard on Peter a lot of times. It's easy for us in our flesh. I really have been convinced that When we're hard on Peter, we're in the flesh and not in the Spirit. Because it's real easy for us to acknowledge someone else's faults and failures and then justify our own. We're hard on Peter because he had a temper. We're hard on Peter because he was very outspoken and often spoke before he thought. We're really hard on Peter on this day. Because he denies the Lord. But we forget the fact that Peter walked on the water when no one else did. We forget the fact that Peter gave witness to the fact that he, that God, that Christ Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. By revelation from the Father. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. That Peter had walked close enough at one point in his life to receive a revelation from God that Jesus was the Christ. We forget the fact that Peter was willing to fight for the one he loved. That when Judas brought the crowd into the garden, that Peter drew his sword and cut the high priest's servant's ear off, willing to fight for the one that he cared so much about. We forget the fact that Peter did say, and even though we may get in the flesh and get really hard on Peter, that Peter said he would go all the way even unto death with the Lord. I think Peter really believed and meant what he said when he said it. 
But all of these things, the walking on the water, the witness of who Christ was, the willingness to fight for his faith, what he said there with the, all of those things and here in his weak point are all written for us to learn something about ourselves from Peter's experience. I thought about 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul is writing. I'm just going to take my time and preach this morning how the Lord has put it on my heart. But the Apostle Paul is speaking about all the things that the children of Israel went through. and They're murmuring, their idolatry, their gropping, their complaining, their sin, their rebellion were all written for our example that we should not follow after them. But then he went on to say later in the chapter, not only were they written for our example, they were written for our admonition that if we do fall into the same trap and snare that they fell in, that it should, the word admonition is the same word in the Greek for exhortation. It should encourage us to know that God delivered them, that God helped them, that God restored them, that God delivered them out of their sin and their trouble and that there's no temptation taken us but such as is common to man and God is faithful unto us I got to thinking about Peter and what's brought him to this place and what's going on while he's here and I'm telling you I know it sounds strange it did to me but at 3 o'clock this morning the Lord said you preach on a crowd some coals and the crow of a rooster And that's what I'm going to preach on this morning. A crowd, some coals, and a crow of a rooster. See, Peter was separated. What all the Gospels... They all have different accounts and all kind of recorded in a different manner because the Lord used four different men to write and observe as they saw the events taking place. We understand that the Scriptures are inspired by God. We understand there's no contradiction in the Scripture, but it pleased God to use these men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to write from their perspective of what was going on around them. And so some of them saw things that others did not. Some of them picked up on things that others did not. Some because of who they were and their background were predisposed to see things that others may not have seen. But one thing they all record is that Peter followed afar off. He got separated from the Lord. They all forsook him and fled, the Bible says. But it gives us specific, and and ain't that how we are? Is that not how our flesh is? We don't want to take the time to admit the fact that everybody forsook him and fled, but we want to get on Peter's case and say, well, Peter did this, and they all forsook him and fled. It is in the nature of the flesh to want to wander. The writer said, prone to wonder. God, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. David said, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. I'm not condoning it. It's not right. But it is the disposition and the disposure of the flesh to want to wonder afar off. We want to follow him, but let's follow afar off. That's the way the flesh wants to do it. It's It allows the flesh some separation 
and it allows the flesh to do some of the things. It's what we call straddling the fence. That's what Peter was doing. And that's where the Lord said, preach on the crowd. Mark's gospel, I believe it is, said there was a multitude that came with, with Judas to betray Jesus and he went, that is the Lord willingly went with them and we read here in the scripture, in the book of Luke, uh, that Peter sat down among them. That was not the disciples he was sitting down among. Was not the same them that it was a few days ago in the garden. It's not the same them. It was just a few hours ago. But now he is blending in among the crowd. We sang that song this morning and the Lord just, He knows. He knows what He's doing. He's real good at being God. It's already been said nothing anymore. I have come to the place that I'm going to quit, I think, saying I'm amazed. It's just who God is that He puts everything together. That Brother Tim was teaching this morning made mention about recognizing things in songs. And I've said it, I don't know how many times from the pulpit myself, but we were singing, Lord, lead me on this morning. And I knew what was in my heart. And the Holy Ghost was working in me. And we sung that first verse. And I never had thought about it before. And it said, as the way seems dark and long, as I pass, amid the throng hold to my hand you know why we need him to hold our hand because it's the nature of the flesh to want to stay with the crowd that's what the writer's saying that's what the word throng means when the way seems dark and low as I pass amid the throng hold my hand pull me through dear Lord I pray because it's the nature of my flesh that I want to dwell behind. It's the nature of my flesh that I want to blend in with the crowd. It's the nature of my flesh that I want to sit down among them. And so Lord, I need you to hold my hand and lead me on. On, past the crowd. Pass the multitude. Pass the throne. Lord, don't let me sit down among them. Lead me on through the way. But it is in us to want to be with the crowd. Now the Lord, I, He woke me up this morning and uh, the Lord knows what He's doing. As one of Chloe's roosters outside crowing at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's dark as pitch outside. And I thought, what are you doing? And the Lord said, listen, I'm a-talking. And I rolled around in the bed and didn't get much more sleep after that. And I'm not complaining because the Lord was speaking to me. And I needed to hear it because I'm a Peter. And you need to hear it because you're a Peter. Oh, we might not like to take our praise. You say, I've never denied the Lord. Maybe not in word like Peter did. But we've all denied Him in the way we act, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we have catered our flesh and won't deny it and fall after the Spirit. We want to please ourselves and please our flesh. And in doing so, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, Peter denied him long before the words ever came out of his mouth. You say, well, I'd never say I don't know him. It ain't in what you say. It's in how you act. And Peter was denying him by following a off. By wanting to blend in with the crowd. And I was laying there in the bed this morning and the Lord spoke to my heart and He said, you tell them be sure and tell them Peter was not with the majority. He was with the crowd. 
There's a big difference in being with the crowd and being with the majority. See, God is the majority. Regardless of how many people there are with or against him, he is the majority. That's why the writer could say, if God be for us, who can be against us? That's why Elisha prayed for God to open the servant's eyes and he said, it's okay. There's more with us than there is with them because God is the majority. So it's not about going with the majority. It's about going with the crowd. And that's where we are in these days. We want to go with the crowd. It's real easy to follow everybody else. It's real easy to follow what our family is doing. It's real easy to follow what the society says to do. It's real easy to follow religion. I'm telling you, you better not follow the crowd. You better follow God. We got a lot of people that are claiming church and claiming God and claiming religion and doing things in the name of God. They're not following God. They're just following the crowd. That's why all these things are going on like they're going. That's why all these so-called churches are booming and growing by leaps and bounds. It's because everybody wants to go with the crowd. Peter followed. They're following I'm not going to deny this morning. You can judge me if you want to. You can take it however you want to. I'm not going to deny that some of the people that may be attending these other places are not following Christ, but they're sure following Him afar off. And little by little, the more you follow afar off, the further distance will be between you and Him. If that's not the truth, if that's not the uh, nature of the flesh, then why in the world would the Holy Ghost inspire James to write, draw nigh to God, and He will in turn draw nigh to you? There's some effort going to have to be put forth in drawing nigh. It's the nature of our flesh, or the nature of our self, or the one to put distance between us and God. Thank God we can draw nigh. We're not in distance days, thank God. I thought about the other night I was preaching, I guess it was last Friday night when we was at Cherub Brook. I never had thought about it before. But God wants us to draw nigh. In the Old Testament, He said, don't come close. He told Moses, don't come any further till you take your shoes off your own holy ground. And when He met Moses on Mount Sinai, He said, tell the people not to come even close to the mountain. He said, if an animal so much as touch the base of the mountain, I'll kill it because I'm here. They could not. Or the priest could go in. Or the people had to stand on the outside. It was very much a distance relationship between the people and God. But in the New Testament, thank God, our high priest has went in. He ripped the veil in twain from top to bottom. He broke down the middle wall of partition. So now Jew and Gentile have access to come. And because of this great high priest, we can come boldly under the throne of grace and we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We're not at a distance. You would think we're still living in the Old Testament as much of a distance as is between most of God's people and God. You'll understand that if you'll think about it. You would think that we're still in the Old Testament economy and that we're afraid to draw near to God. We don't have to be afraid to draw near to God. We don't have to be afraid. Oh, 
I believe if you believe Paul was the writer of Hebrews, I believe it's in the book of Hebrews, that the writer said, we're not come to the mountain that quaked with fire and trembled, but we're come to Mount Zion. Thank God. We're not at Mount Sinai. We're not there keeping our distance. But thank God because of our high priest, we've come to Zion, come directly into the habitation and the city of God. And we ought to follow Christ instead of dwelling with the crowd. I'm going to tell you what happens when you follow the crowd is then there is some conditioning that will go on in your life. See, I read here in the Scripture, in the Gospel of Luke, it said that they had kindled a fire. And the Bible said, verse 55, He sat down among them. Verse 56, But a certain maid beheld Him as He sat by the fire. But now in John's Gospel, in chapter 18 and verse 18, it said, And the servants and officials stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. You know what coals do? Now, it, it, it was specific. This was not a roaring, blazing fire where you get just a little, and you have to back up because it's so hot. It's not the fire. It's a fire of coals. You may tell you what coals do? They put off just enough heat to condition your body to being cold. All of a sudden, because there's just enough heat coming off, your body will soon regulate and it'll no longer feel like it's in the cold anymore. The Bible said it was cold. And apart from God, at a distance from God, following the crowd, it will be cold. I'm talking about spiritually now. It will be cold. And there's so much out there in 2023. I'm ashamed to say, but the majority of it is in the religious realm and in, among those who call themselves Christians and among them who name the name church in their assembly that are producing just enough heat to numb us to the cold. That's why there's no power. Because we're just warm enough that we don't sense the cold. That's right. That is right. They're just enough. We come in the house of God, and and I'm on this line again, but I feel like I need to be. Come in the house of God is not a check mark. It's not something you do to make yourself feel better on the inside. It's not something you do to soothe your conscience. It's not something you do out of obligation or duty. But when it becomes that, when all we do is come to the building and assemble at the building, we're just making a bed of coals, knocking the chill off, feeling like we've done God a service, feeling like we're good enough to make it, and going right back out there and following the crowd instead of following Christ. And the more we warm it, the coals, and the more we follow the crowd, the farther and farther and farther the distance between us and God. It's the nature of the flesh. That's why Brother Hyatt preached Thursday night that you better beware when you've overcome. Brother Ted Pace preached a message one time on being overcome when you've overcome. It's because it's the nature of the flesh. We get proud in ourselves. It's the nature of the flesh. 
We get proud in ourselves and think we've made it. We're doing okay. And in our moment of pride, the enemy comes in. The world creeps in. The fire burns low. We're down to coals. We become desensitized to the cold. And before we know it, we turn around twice. And there's a distance between us and God. And when there's a distance between you and God, it gives room for things to move in between you and God. Your family moves in between you. The Bible said, and I know it ain't popular preaching, and we spent several weeks, I think, in Sunday school studying it. The Bible said we got to deny everything. Father, mother, sister, brother, and follow Him. That does not mean that we disown them. That does not mean we don't love them. That does not mean we don't have the same care for them we had before. But it means that we come to the place in our life that we recognize that Christ has top position and that position is reserved for Him and Him alone. But the farther we get from Him, the easier it is for work and hobbies and fun and the flesh and our friends and our family miss one church service and if you miss another and another before long it gets easier it's the nature of the flesh it doesn't mean you're not saved it's just the nature of the flesh the more distance we're between us and God the harder it is for us to feel what we ought to feel as a child of God I don't know if this is a right analogy but it's what's in my heart right now Never had thought about it before. But I raised sheep for a time, and the best way to keep them things in was heat. You put hot wire and electricity would keep them in. But if the weeds started to grow up, they would diminish the, the electricity coming through the line. Didn't mean the elect- it was still pumping the same boats on the other end as it always had been. But there's all kinds of stuff that was drowning out the effect. I'm not talking about that God has trouble uh, touching our heart. He's still pumping the same voltage as He ever has been on the other end. Uh, but we got all kinds of weeds and thorns and briars and burnt bushes and broke places in the wire and it ain't putting out like it used to in our heart. We've warmed ourselves by the coals. we become acclimated to the cold. God never meant for us to get used to it being cold. When we realize the coldness, walk out in the world, ought to send shivers down our spine because it's cold out there. But thank God there's a heat source living on the inside of us. That's when it's cold out there. We don't have to freeze to death. We can live in heat and victory by the help of God in us. And so Peter's falling afar off. And we can get real hard on Peter, and I'm not this morning because I, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning. He said, you're a Peter, and I know I am. And come out, I'm telling you the truth. I know how it is. Brother Hyatt preached right to me Thursday night. Come out of revival, the Spirit was high. Uh, some of you had texted me and asked me about the meeting. I believe the Monday night of that meeting was the strongest first night of a meeting I've ever been in in my life. I, especially to have a preacher that they didn't know. I didn't know any of them. But we just come together and the Lord showed up 
I got to preaching and the Lord showed up and folks got to rejoicing and they rejoiced after and during and before. It's just good. And it's good Tuesday night. And it's good Wednesday night. And it was good here Thursday night. But I'm going to tell you the nature of the flesh is to take a quick nose dive. Have you been on a high spiritually? And that's exactly what happened to me. I thought, Lord, here I am. I've sat down among the coals. I've sat down among the crowd and turned around twice. And now, Lord, there's a distance between me and you. Oh, Lord, help me. That's where we're going to have to get this morning. If we're going to get help, we're going to have to forget about it. It's not our business to sit in the crowd. And if you are this morning, your heart's not in the right place. It's not our business to sit in the crowd and think about all the people this message could be for. It's for me and it's for you. It's for every one of us. And we're going to have to say, Oh, me, Lord! Help me, Lord! Because of the crowd and because of the coals. I'm glad the Lord, now we're real hard on Peter. While he's in the crowd, while he's at the coals, he denies the Lord three times. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. We know it's an evident fact. It just is so. One of the gospels said by the time the third one came around, he cursed and swore. And said, I don't know it. But here's what happened. Thank God. While Peter's at his coals and in the crowd, the Lord knows where Peter's at. And the Bible said when Peter denies the third time, immediately the cock crew. Now I read and you're hearing from Luke's Gospel. I like what Luke said because Luke majors on who he is. And Luke said while he spake, the cock crew. It didn't even get out of Peter's mouth all the way. And the cock crew... And the Bible said in Luke's Gospel that Jesus turned and looked on Peter. The other writers don't say that, but the other writers do say, and Peter remembered the words of the Lord. I don't read anywhere in this Bible where Peter got mad at the rooster and went running over there and snuffed him out or took him by the neck and wrung it and threw him off the hillside. He went out and wept bitterly. Because the rooster wasn't talking rooster language to Peter. The rooster was a reminding Peter of what the Lord had already said. And if you'll have it this morning, the Lord put it in my heart that the rooster is a preacher. And it was, the preacher don't preach the preacher's words. The preacher just wants to remind you if his heart's in the right place and he's obeying God, he's just telling you what the Lord has already said. And we forget sometimes that the preacher gets it straight from the Lord before he ever gets to deliver it. And this morning at 3 o'clock I had to do a little business with what I'm preaching to you this morning. I had to identify that I've had days in the crowd. I've had days by the coals. But thank God for the call of a man of God that'll stand with heaven on his lips and preach to me and remind me what the Lord said and I respond to it because it's of God. That's what the Lord put on my heart. When Peter heard the cock crow, he responded. And he responded the right way. He repented. He went out and wept bitterly. He repented because he knew he was by the crowd. And he knew he was among the crowd and by the coals. 
He knew he had fallen afar off. He knew he had denied the Lord. It wasn't about what Peter had said. It was about all the other stuff that had led up to that moment. He was not where he ought to be. And it took the preaching to make Peter realize. Peter didn't even know up till this point. I'm preaching to you this morning the truth. Peter didn't even know what he was doing up till this point. He had got so conditioned that it just come out ever so easily. I don't know him. I don't know him. Cursed and swore and said, I don't know him. But when the rooster crowed, immediately, Peter remembered the Lord saying, Peter, before the cock crow, you'll deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly, not because the rooster crowed, but because what the Lord said to Peter's heart. I think it's important, it must have been for the Lord to put it in His Word, but it's important what Luke recorded, that the Lord turned and looked on Peter. Have you ever been in a service or even been at home or riding down the road and all of a sudden that voice speak inside you and it's like the eyes of heaven are turned on you and you know in your heart what you've done and it breaks you down You hate yourself for what you did. You despise your flesh. You're ashamed of the distance. You're ashamed of the crowd. You're ashamed of the coals. You're ashamed of what you've done. You're ashamed of what you ain't done. You're ashamed of what you've said. You're ashamed of where you've been. And it breaks you down and you repent because you got a word from heaven. I'm going to tell you this morning. And the Lord said for me to say this, and I'm done. The response to the preaching on that day was not one-sided. Peter repented. But three days later, the Lord restored him. It wasn't just Peter responding, but when Peter responded the right way, the Lord responded to Peter. Because them women went down yonder. And I was reading it again. I think it's in Mark's Gospel. They went down yonder and they said, who's going to roll a stone away? They didn't know who was going to do it. They was going to anoint the Lord. They'd give up all hope. And they come around the corner and the stone's already rolled away. And they go running down there. and run in. They look. And he's not there. And the Bible said they turn around and there's two men in white apparel. And they said, why seek ye the living? Among the dead, he's not here. He's risen as he said. And one of them, he didn't come up with his own words. He said on message from heaven, said go tell his disciples and Peter. He'll see them in Galilee. You say, why do you think he did that? I'll give you what I think. I think Peter hated himself so much that he didn't even identify as a disciple anymore. If they'd have come back and said his disciples are to meet him, Peter would have said, I can't go. I betrayed him. 
I've denied Him. I'm not His disciple anymore. I can't be His disciple anymore. But the Lord knew all about Peter's heart. The Lord knew what Peter did. Oh, the Lord's hanging on the cross. But the Lord knows where Peter went. I don't know if he went down a back alley somewhere. I don't know if he called off in a hole. I don't know if he went to the house and went in the basement and shut the door behind him. But the Lord went with Peter and knew exactly what Peter did. He repented and the Lord's going to restore him now. <coughs> and the Lord said, Tell my disciples and Peter that I'll see them in Galilee. And there on the seashore, I think I'm done after this. There on the seashore, all that's, the Lord never does bring your sin up again. You better thank God for that. It's done. When Peter repented, it was done in the mind of God. That's why he said, tell my disciples and be sure to tell Peter he's still among the number. And so you cannot convince me that on the seashore the Lord is asking Peter to tell him he loves him three times because he denied him three times. I'm not going to believe that because that would be the Lord drumming up what Peter did in the past. The Lord don't do that. But I think for Peter's sake... The Lord gave Peter an opportunity. I think, and I'm going to preach my opinion because the Lord said I could this morning. I feel it in my heart. And some may take fault with that, but it's in my heart. I think the Lord knew. I know the Lord knew Peter. And I think old Peter's like me and like you. And the Lord forgave him and the Lord restored him. But I think Peter was still having a hard time forgiving Peter. The Lord let it go, but I think Peter's having a hard time letting it go. And so the Lord in His grace and mercy said, I'll just map it all out and I'll give him a chance to tell me he loves me for every time he told me he denied me. And it'll settle it once and for all. And there by the seashore, gathered around the coals where they've ate fish and bread, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? And he said, Yeah, Lord, I love you. He said, Well, feed my sheep. A few minutes pass, and he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, Feed my lambs. And then about the third time, the Lord said, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? And I think Peter breaks down. And he says, Lord, you know all things. In other words, the Lord is putting the words in the mouth of Peter to fix Peter's heart. What Peter's saying is, Lord, you knew when you walked by the seashore that day and called me from my fishing boat that I was going to deny you three times and yet you caught me anyway. You knew that day when you asked me on the shores of Caesarea Philippi who you were and I said that you were the Son, the God, the Christ that should come in the world. You knew I'd deny you. You knew when I drew my sword and said I'd die with you. You knew I didn't know what I said and I would deny you. You know all things. He said you knew all 
all that. But he said you can see what all the rest of these. I have never thought about that till just now. But it's feeling good in my heart. Peter said whether John believes it or Mark believes it or Matthew believes it. He said you know that I love you. And it ain't about this morning. We ought to live our lives so that others know. But I'm not living my life so you know I love Him. I want to live my life because He knows I love Him. And when it comes down to the end, it ain't about what others say about you. And I'm trying this morning to help you. And the Lord's helping me and He's wanting to help you. You're not coming to a place where you forget about it. It's not about what everybody else thinks. But you're going to get to the place in your life that if you've been with the crowd, you've been by the coals, you've heard the preaching, you've repented, the Lord's restored you. It's time for Peter to forgive Peter. Matters not what John thinks, Mark thinks, Matthew thinks, or any of the rest of them. Peter come to the place. I think Peter shucked it that day. What he had done. Oh, I'm sure... There were days he wished that he never had done it. I understand that. Uh, but I think Peter broke the bonds uh, that shackled him from his past uh, and his failures on that day. And Peter found out failure wasn't final. And he said, you know, Lord, I love you. And that's all that matters. If you and God, now I'm not talking about working out some kind of deal or doing it your way. I don't have to clarify that this morning. The Lord's already, well, He's working big enough. We don't have to clarify when the Lord's working. But if you've done wrong, you've been in the crowd, you've been by the coals, there's been a distance, you've heard the preaching, whether it be this morning or some other morning or some other day or some other night, and you've repented and the Lord's restored you, the Lord wants me to tell you this morning, He knows that you love Him. And it could be this morning that you're, the, the preaching, the, the rooster has crowed in your heart this morning and you've realized where you are, where you're not, what you've done, what you've not done. And it's a break in your heart and you need to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for where I've been what I've done if you'll repent this morning if the rooster's crowed in your heart and you'll repent he'll restore you and he may even do it all this morning he may even bring you to the place where you don't worry about what you know and he knows that everything's alright and that's all that matters I've done my best this morning to follow God and preach on a crowd some coals and the crow of a rooster and you know who you are this morning as we stand all over the house, I'm done. If you need to come to the altar, the altar's open.